Women Taking the Lead, episode 131. Everybody has the capacity to be able to say no, but before they can say no, they have to say yes to themselves. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognize to reserve your spot in our upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work you do. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead. I'm excited to be bringing you the male perspective today. This podcast isn't just about women helping women. It's my philosophy that it's going to take both genders working together to see more women stepping up as leaders. We can gain a lot of insights from men, so I interview men who work with women around their leadership development. And as our guest today, we have Don Hutchison, who is a lifelong entrepreneur, inventor, author, and coach. He Host the daily podcast, Discover Your Talent, Do What You Love, which he created to help you find your true talents and use them to build a career of success, satisfaction, and freedom. He's never had a boss and has created six innovative companies in advertising, publishing, coaching, and career planning, and now on the internet over the last 35 years. Don, thank you for so much for coming on the show today. Tell us a little bit more about you so everyone has a good sense of who they're listening to right now. Well, it's my pleasure to be on your show. I love what you're doing. I'm wholeheartedly behind your uh, you're at the vision and mission of your show. So this is a real treat for me. Thank you. Um, I, how would I sum it up? I, um, the, the first turning point of my life was not taking a job that I was offered after my, uh, I got out of the military and finished my degree at uh, Emory University. And I was offered a really, uh, really fine job as a teacher. I majored in Russian. I ended up using Russian in the army. I I don't know. I just wasn't interested in, even though I became an entrepreneur, I wasn't interested in business courses or whatever. So I majored in Russian language and literature. And I was offered this really great job, which was really a great honor. And a friend of mine, uh, who's still a friend of mine, 40 years later, was starting a bootstrapping this magazine. And um, about six, uh, six or eight weeks before I was to take this job, he said, well, I'm getting this thing started, and I'd like you to join me. Didn't have very much money, and um, but had a great vision. And I said, okay. The first big turning point in my life was trusting my gut. And that, that led me off on a journey of um, about every eight or nine years of uh, coming up with ideas that I – trying to make a difference, if you would. That, that was a very – that was a game-changing idea, and I ended up getting into uh, – a bunch of different industries. Uh, that was publishing. I, I got into advertising and marketing for about eight or ten years, and you know I can tell you more about each one of those at some point. But uh, I uh, I did that. I got into career planning for about eight or ten years, and uh, have finally ended up on this on this internet side, which is using all the talents of thirty five years to uh, put out a podcast that's that's trying to make a difference. Th- throughout all of that, I, I had four goals: make something out of nothing do good, have fun, and make money. That's it. 
<laughs> I love that. I don't know many people who have that those clear goals, you know, through it all. And it it's no wonder that you now have a podcast called Discover Your Talent, Do What You Love, because it seems as if your career went through several phases, each one building upon the other till, you know, and each one really bringing you closer to what it is you really love doing and your passion. So I really love that. And before I go any further, I do want to thank you for your service. Um, and, um, you know, it's really funny, the connections we all have. I have a brother who learned Russian in the army as well. So as soon as you said that, I started giggling because it was funny to have him come home on holidays and all of a sudden just be speaking Russian <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> so he went to the Presidio of Monterey too, right? He did. Wow. He did. Yeah. Really hasn't used it that much since then, but he's really enjoying knowing bits and pieces of the Russian language. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So awesome. fascinating. Yeah. Well, Don, to start off with, tell us a story about a woman who has impacted you as a leader. Oh, gosh, there have been so many. As I told you in our pre-interview chat, the um, the the companies that I've been blessed to to create or found or co-found have been really built on uh, been built on the creativity of men and women. But I've been blessed to have an incredible uh, number of very uh, dynamic women be parts of our teams. Um, you know, I would have to um, I would have to go back in the story and say that um, it, as romantic or as uh, whatever as this sounds, the, as I told you earlier, the, the, the most influential piece of my life on the woman's side was my mother and my grandmother. And um, the reason they were influential is I came from a, a couple of big families of good people with a lot of strong men, a lot of strong alpha males in the, uh, in the equation. Good, good people. We had, uh, I'm blessed to have come from good stock and good people. And, um, Men learn certain lessons from men that are that are vital. You, you know, we go back to Cro-Magnon times, and you learn how to be a survivor, and how to how to be a leader, and how to use your strengths, and how to how to be strong. And that's a great thing. You know, that's a good thing. It moves the planet forward on, on one level. On the other level, uh, what in my experience, anyway, uh, what men learn from women is makes all the difference. It's the game changer. Uh, we learn compassion. And we learn, um, we learn compassion and we learn how to feel our own feelings and how to work and communicate better and, and uh, access our creativity and not just, not just motor forward with the sort of the alpha male mentality. And so early on, I just paid attention. I didn't know I was learning these lessons. I was just living my little life. And uh, as, I, as I just watched and listened to my mother and, and my grandmother and just paid attention to how they dealt with the world and how they communicated and how they listened and how they, uh, frankly, just showed a lot of emotional intelligence. I, um, it, it probably was the most impactful part of my, my education, and I had a good education. I, I learned a lot of skills and knowledge from my, uh, my schools and in life, but those were probably the seminal pieces of, uh, of my journey. And Don, is there any particular moment in your lifetime where there was something your mother or your grandmother did that really stood out for you and had you stop and go, wow, that's a different way of doing things? Well, I guess throughout the whole journey, um, throughout the whole journey, just paying attention to how 
these women, and there were others, those were the two seminal influences, but just watching how how males deal with conflict and how females deal with conflict. You can't generalize. Uh, there are plenty of males that deal with conflict fine and plenty of females that don't deal with it well. But, but on balance, j- just watching, um, you know, it's, it's the old playground metaphor, you know, <laughs> the old playground when you're a little boy growing up. You, you learn that in the in the playground when you we've got a bunch of guys around it's it's all about who's the alpha male and who's the strongest and everything at least when you're young it changes as you get older but um, you know it's it's sort of a macho thing to a large extent and you, you learn to either be the vocal leader or to be the quiet follower or the quiet leader and uh, so just watching how females deal with conflict and how Females are more collaborative. And, you know, people tend to take these these, uh, examples and use them as sort of categorizations. But women try to be more collaborative. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a key. In fact, Forbes just did an article about the traits that that companies are looking for around the world, even in Silicon Valley. And while the the, the tech people are very, very always in high demand because – especially in the technical fields, of course. But the traits that are most in demand are – are compassion and creativity and collaboration. Interesting, right? Even in, even in, even in, <laughs> even in Silicon Valley. And I'm not at all surprised when I read that because that's what I'm just talking to you about here on your show. That's what I have seen since I was a young boy and what I think is the, the defining uh, characteristic of um, you know, great leaders. There, there was a thing on Facebook recently about, called um, you know what I'm gonna. You may have seen this. If you have, bail me out here. But it's called main mansplaining. Did you see that? Oh, mansplaining. mansplaining. Yeah. yeah. And, I, <laughs> yes. and I thought I thought it was. Uh, it it really makes my point here rather eloquently. And as people, I'm sure some listeners have listened, have seen it, but it just shows situations where there are men and women, and the, you know, there's strong women, strong men, and there'll be a discussion going on, and uh, the woman will, you know, it's she wants to talk if she wants to explain something, and the guy. Says, okay, oh, wait a minute. Uh, well, I'll get, oh, hold on a second. And, you know, there are even people on CNN and MSNBC and all that. And the men just think they can interrupt <laughs> and they, mm-hmm. they can take over. And, uh, well, they can, except how's that working for us? <laughs> right, <laughs> you, right. You know? So, anyway, uh, I just think, um, so there hasn't been one moment, but it's just an overall modus operandi that, you know, I've been, I, I don't have a lot of time for it, but I love coaching a handful of people and have for a long time, even with this podcast. And I'm, I was fascinated all during those years of uh, just coaching, especially coaching men and seeing the different modalities between men and women and, mm-hmm. and how they sort of fall back on the command and control model. Does yeah, that make sense? You know, Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I really want to underscore a point you were making, Don, where most women already have within them those qualities that would make them a great leader. But the, pro- the only problem is, is you have to own them, right? And you have to see them as leadership qualities. You have to see them as valuable and apply them and don't let anyone say you're being too soft or that's not being a leader because that's not true. Now we're seeing more um, scientific research where more companies are coming forward saying that we need these qualities in leaders, that leaders who have these qualities actually do better. And this new term, mansplaining, had me laugh. I'm trying, you know, I try to keep it positive. I try to, you know, not be like, oh, men are the reason why we're not doing okay. But that term did make me laugh because it's true. Women are more likely to get cut off from men 
in conversations and talk to in a condescending way, in a way that they would never speak to another man. And so in a way, there's part of me that's like, I'm glad we have a term for it now so we can call it out because it's been going on forever, but it hasn't been called out and now it is. And I think that that's actually a step forward that once things are addressed and we can see them for what they are, we can do something about it and say, hey, this isn't okay. It's not okay for you to cut me off. It's not okay for you to talk down to me. So thank you for introducing that to us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I think it's seminal. And the thing that I saw in, over my career is that when men let go of that mantle of I'm the alpha male, I've got to be in charge, I've got to have the answer, I've got to, I've got to do this thing right here and take over, uh, when they realize they don't have to and that the, the people in the room, other men, other women, can add to the conversation and oftentimes know more about the topic than they do, what a relief. Mm-hmm. What yes, a profound relief. That's what I'm hearing a lot of men say too. Like, it's nice not to have to feel like I have to do this, that I have to be stepping forward, that other people can add their insights in it. And so I think, you know, overall, and I, you know, we'll probably get into this a little bit more. The world is becoming more receptive to women as leaders. Now, there are definitely some areas where there's a little more pushback than others. But on a whole, if we keep stepping up and we keep moving forward, we will find that it, there is actually fertile ground um, for women to, to do very well in leadership in the coming years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and this is a great segue because um, I'm going to bring it back to the woman for a little while and then and then we can talk more about men okay. <laughs> if we like. Sure. But I'm curious um, if there's anything that you've seen in women, any trends or traits that, that tends to hold them back as leaders. Oh, it's just all the cliches that you know so well. Um, I mean, it, it's I have such compassion for, for my women friends because there's the balance between Hey, I'm I'm as smart as any man that's ever lived, and I have my I mean I can do anything that a man can do. Um, but women don't want to, you know. Women, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, you say, well, okay, speak up. You know, you can hold your own, but you got to speak up. Well, you know the cliche when mm-hmm. the women that speak up get called the, you know, the B word, and, yeah. and it's just nonsense. But uh, and, and but the it's more intricate than that. It's more intricate to me. It's about balance. And for men and women, and as we're trying to motor through our careers and our lives here and find a life of success, satisfaction, and freedom and, and balance, it's a hard thing to, to mm-hmm. be a warrior man or woman and yet to be a family person and to be a mate and to be a mother or father. That's very difficult. And, and so how do, you, how do you balance those things? I mean, how do you be a uh, partner in a major law firm where – you know, the first handful of years, you've got to work on amazing hours and you've got to sell your soul to the company store, as the old adage goes. How, you know, how do you do that if you have kids at home or you want to have kids? So it's um, to me, it's um, it's a very it's a very big uh, and complicated issue. I don't know the answer to it. I just know that if but if both men and women could find more of a sense of inner peace about it and be a little more realistic about what the what the end game is, is the end game you know, infinite amount of money and power and control and wealth? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I like money. I've made a lot of money. But that's not the point. I mean, how much money do you need when you've got other aspects of your life, spiritual, emotional, you know, metaphysical, that need need nurturing? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. It's, it's, um, identifying what success is to you and what leadership looks in your life. Cause it doesn't have to look like, you know, that stereotypical, like high powered executive necessarily, it could be taking the leadership in your community. Right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And there was something else you said that I want to go back to, um, in terms of, you know, women need to speak up more, but oftentimes when they do, you know, they're labeled as being aggressive right, or, right. you know, witchy. Um, but what I, what I found Don, and you know, is that oftentimes it's because we've waited, right? Mm-hmm. It's that when the opportunity to speak up, when it first presented itself, we decided not to do it. Right. So oftentimes what I find is people who have a hard time speaking up, the first time they speak up is when they've had it. Right. When the when the straw has broken the camel's back, they're so fed up and then they're speaking up, but they're coming from a place of anger and frustration and, you know, just like this is it, you know, that sort of thing. So what I would encourage those who are listening, yes, speak up, but speak up when you're calm. Right. When things are first happening, address things as they're happening. Don't wait for things to build and become intolerable and then decide this is the moment to speak. I mean, if you need to speak up, you need to speak up. Well, I, I think um, that's I yeah. think that's eloquently expressed because, you know, that's why that's why arguments occur. You know, people just mm-hmm. let things stay pent up and and then they just get they turn into themselves and they think, oh, that jerk doesn't understand anything I'm saying. And they they throw all their energy outside instead of owning their own energy and saying, well, wait a minute now, I, I can add something to this conversation. And if I can just take a breath, maybe I can add it in a way that doesn't accelerate. Yeah. You know? Yes, absolutely. And Don, what have you learned from the women that you've mentored? Well, all the good things in this um, that we've been having this conversation about, just t- taking them taking responsibility for all these topics, you know, the the uh, how difficult it is for all of us to chisel out our career on our own terms, how difficult that is, even extra hard for a woman who, depending on what her agenda is, whether she has relationships or a family or kids or whatever, uh, the, the biases that women have to face in various industries. Um, I mean, it's still out there in all kinds of industries. And just how to how to go back into themselves in a, in a contemplative way, in a quiet way, and reflective way to, uh, to take responsibility for their part and realize that the best strategy and the best uh, uh, modus operandi is to be intelligent about it and to be wise about it and to be present about it, you know, to be emotionally present about it so that they, you know, they can, they can make a contribution, get what they need, get their own needs met without having to, um, you know, to sell out or, or just give in. Mm -hmm. And do you have an example of um, a situation from a woman you've been coaching or helping to do career planning for? Well, yeah, I, I, I do. There are uh, actually I've got several, but uh, what's interesting there was there was one a number of years ago that um, and this this goes into the whole personal development side of the equation, the career planning side. There's a woman who um, was an amazing um, student and uh, just an academic all star who and whose parents were. Um, really smart people and had had interest outside of their technological field. They were in the computer world, but they did really well and provided for the family. And this woman kept jumping through hoops because she could, and 
she went to um, the really finest schools, undergraduate, then she decided she'd go to law school because that was a good profession. And even though that wasn't her passion, she was very much into art and drama. And she just kept jumping through all the hoops. And, and, um, and it, she knew it wasn't quite right, but she also knew that, how, hey, how bad can this be? I've gone to a prestigious school. I've been to a top law school. And, and even though during the journey it wasn't in her sweet spot doing those things because really she's had a, more, a stronger creative bent, she kept on doing it. And that's what we we do. It's you know we we named that the Lemming conspiracy many years ago. And she, there was nothing wrong in it, inherently wrong, but it wasn't who it wasn't the best of who she was. So it took her until her mid thirties, where she had jumped through all these hoops and watched her parents have a, have a successful life but an unfulfilled life before she could break away, and um, and she, and she did, and she. She you knows she'd paid off some debt and she'd put aside some money, but she was able to go out in, into a field that was a more creative field and not just stay in the slot, in the, in the, uh, in the zone that she'd been programmed to do all since she was a little girl. Mm, it's tough to break away. It's very hard. When you're conditioned that way. Yeah, yep. yeah and you can't criticize people that don't break away. And these are the people we have on our show every day. Um, mm-hmm. but actually we have people on the show that have broken away for the most part, but it, it, some, it takes people sometimes many, many, many years because you have responsibilities and, you know, whether it's college debt or family or whatever it is, or expectations. I mean, the, the systems we live in, family, schools, organizations, they're fine. That's the, those are systems and they, they want what they want. They want you to get into a, a great law school. They want you to be, get on that ladder and go up from, low to middle to high management. And they want you to do all that because that's the agenda. That's how they survive. But oftentimes those aren't your goals. And if you can see that and get a, get a space where you can reflect on that, which is, you know, part of what coaching is, as you well know, uh, then you can say, okay, well maybe there's another way to, you know, slice that tomato. Maybe there's, there's another way that I can get what I want to, um, to do what I want to do. I just have to take some time. And the, the hard part is being, being reflective and pulling out of the, the rat race, you know, go, go, go and get, get, get to, okay, I'm going to take a little time every day to journal and to be quiet and to um, think that there's another way, like I said, to slice this tomato. And, and mm-hmm. oftentimes there is. Usually there is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely true. And it, it does take that quiet time and that reflection. And it can be so hard, especially when we're conditioned to be so busy. Um, but it's so vital. So I love that. I love that you brought that up. And Don, what changes do you think are necessary for more women to step up as leaders? Well, I think just a growing awareness, um, as we talked about earlier in our pre-interview chat, I think that the growing awareness, thanks to this wonderful thing called the internet, is having a profound impact on it all. Because now, whether you're talking about you know Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram or any of these great modalities, um, people are able to see role models and are able to see what <clears throat> uh, courageous women are doing to step out of the, the, um, the box and to tell their truth. And you just see it every day on these, in these, in these social media and, and other places. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's the most powerful thing, uh, going for us and the most profoundly useful thing going for us. Yeah, so more visibility of women. Well, more visibility and more visibility of highly articulate women speaking their truth and getting reinforced for it. And um, 
Uh, I mean, you, you, just, you just see it all the time. And uh, it's just it's quite remarkable and quite gratifying from from my perspective. Yeah. And just like the phases of a career, this is something we can build on. Oh, gosh. I mean, it, getting yeah, it, it's exactly right. And uh, I mean, look at the millennials and how the millennials have. I just love the millennials. And uh, I, I, I get my generations uh, meshed together there. But, the, you know, the younger generation, uh, you know, my generation, the boomers have been highly critical and have been critical at times of millennials and saying, well, they're endowed and they're this and they're that. I don't agree at all. I mean, okay, is there a little bit of that? Well, okay. I mean, I was, I'm one of those guys, right? I mean, I, I I was responsible for some of that. But what I love about millennials is that the, the men are, and the women are measurably more courageous. Uh, the men are, you know, taking part in family more than ever before. And, uh, I mean, they're men that are even taking a second role position to their wives in their careers. And it's it's just very gratifying to see this. And, and they're very... Uh, they're, they're breaking the mold and thinking patterns. They're not just uh, whether it's the male, you know, the male female agenda or, or other agendas. They're um, they're being very uh, original in how they're approaching things. And I, I see great innovation in companies coming from them. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because you can say what you want about millennials, but there is more sharing of family and household responsibilities among millennials than in any other generation. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's great to see. And and my dad was, you know, unusual. I mean, partly because he and my mom had eight children. There was no getting away wow. <laughs> sharing the responsibilities. But I had the unique opportunity of, you know, having a father who shared a lot of the household responsibilities. So it was not uncommon to see him doing housework. And I think that was um, very... Um, great for me and my sisters to have that role model yes. in our lives as we were younger. So good for him. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Don, I want to, you know, carve out a little bit of time for you. So what's something that you're working on right now um, that you're really excited about? You know, thank you. We, um, my business partner and longtime ally, Jan Freund and I started this podcast channel, uh, let's see, one year and three weeks ago. And, Congratulations. Well, thanks. Thanks. We've, we've done a a few hundred interviews and we've had great people like you on the show and we've had people from uh, all around the world who are sharing their their life journeys and and putting shedding light on the these issues that you and I've been talking about the last half an hour so that has been um, that has been very gratifying in a lifetime of you know being in publishing and advertising and, and career planning and putting all that together in one place and able to being able to pay that forward with the podcast and with the, um, as you know, as you well know, um, being able to do this in terms of all kinds of other modalities, we're, we're offering, we're going to be offering uh, membership groups for different segments and, and courses and uh, all kinds of different useful tools that people can access because now more than ever before, you can access useful information, just it's a, it's a couple of clicks away. On, on your uh, on your computer. So, you know, we're going to do that. We're going to showcase experts from around the world so that listeners can, you know, our growing audience can can hear from from people like you and, and other experts on a regular basis and and um, be able to learn and grow and thrive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to have a hub of people who are talking about how they did break away from the normal path and actually pursued you know, their talents, their strengths, their passions, and that now they're doing work that they actually really love to do. That's a pretty awesome resource to have. So thank you for that. Well, it's very gratifying. And, and this isn't just for people who want to go out and start the next internet 
uh, internet multi-zillion dollar company either. This is right, this is right. this, this is for people who want to, you know, be high school English teachers or want to be, uh, you know, go into more traditional professions. But they at least get to learn that they can do that if they own responsibility for who they are. They can they can chisel out their own path. Right, right. We all have different. Uh, how do I want to describe it? I guess rails that we ride on and we have a hard time breaking away from them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's great that, that you're pointing that out because there could be people, cause I've met people actually whose families were like, you're going to be the next doctor. You're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be this, but they really do want to be a teacher, right? That's their passion. And that's what they want to do. It's really hard for them to break away from, you know, what people would normally see as being set up for success. Well, and the families are doing the best they can. They love, you mm-hmm. know, for the most part, they love their kids. And so all they're trying to do, I mean, my, my dear sweet dad, bless him, wanted me to be a dentist because I was a good student. Well, it, you just, you only have to know me for about five minutes to know you don't want me near your mouth with any instruments. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a structural guy. I'm not a science guy. I'm an artistic right brain. I'm a strategist, but you know, but that's, that was his intent. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I got into advanced chemistry in college and said, Sorry. I mean, I, I could care less about this. And so everybody has the capacity to be able to say no. But before they can say no, they have to say yes to themselves. And Don, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. <clears throat> a success quote or a mantra. I like Einstein's that I never came across one of my discoveries through the process of, la- of rational thinking. You know why I like that? Why do you like that? Because I think most of life is about trusting your gut and your instincts. And I think knowledge and intellect are very, very important, of course. But where this whole conversation, what we've been talking about the last 30 minutes, is all about that we small voice inside. And here's Einstein. He was pretty intelligent, right? (laughs) But it's that we small voice inside. And getting out of the clutter of your mind and into your your inner self, Eckhart Tolle and the Power of Now, you know, talked about that. How do you get into that place? And a lot of a lot of smart women and men over the generations have talked about that. But you've got to go there. You've got to go there. So, you know, this is about to me. It's about reflection and and quiet and consciousness, so that you can listen to that wee small voice, and then chisel out a very hard edge strategy about how to do that. This isn't some airy fairy kumbaya stuff. This is about as strategic as it gets. But you've got to know what the parts of the equation are. And it starts with self. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, you can put all the work you want into it. But if it's not something that you're passionate about, if it's not something you want to do, it will fail. Yes. Because you won't be able to get behind it or stay behind it when times get hard. So you got to do that you know, that reflection, that, that time away. Well, um, and actually I've heard it quoted that Einstein often had a lot of his great ideas when he was playing, uh, when he was in play. I'm sure he did. Of course we all do. Each of us is born with unique talents, as we say on our show, and it's a part of our DNA and the, accessing those talents is, is one key. There are several pieces to the equation, but if you know what your innate talents are, oh, and by the way, most people don't know what those are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, we, 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 we get sort of sidetracked by, yeah, okay, we're a little good at this, or hey, you know, you're really good at this. And, but everybody has unique talents. And if you can find those, if you can access those, then that's a great starting point to then build from there and develop that, that personal vision and the strategy to get you f- where you want to go down the road. 
I'm going to leave it right there. So Don, tell us the best way for this community to connect with you. Well, going to our, um, the, the uh, discover your talent podcast, uh, dot com is, is a good way. We're, uh, we're right there. The shows are right there. There's a contact, um, there's a contact piece right there. Uh, we're also, uh, on Twitter and, uh, so going to Twitter is a good place. Uh, Don Hutchison 11 on Twitter and uh, also on LinkedIn. Don Hutchison with the podcast Discover Your Talent on LinkedIn. You can put it in show notes. And uh, yeah. those are the those are the uh, you know, those are the biggies. Uh, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to connect with folks and uh, they might be guests on the show or who knows. Yeah, I love it. And I've got all those links. So for those listening, you know, you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com because I know a lot of you often are on the go when you're listening. So you can go back to that hub, put it Don in the search bar. His show notes page is going to pop right up. That's the blog that accompanies this episode. And Don, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. We're all better for having met you. This is my great pleasure. I really um, had a good time and I wish you continued success with this great show. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life? Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognized to reserve your spot in my upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work that you do. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me, and here's to your success.